You're listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org. With that, we're getting ready to hear some scripture. And I've still got my umbrella up right now because uh, we're heading in to talk about a musical. And the scripture you're going to hear this morning is from the book of Psalms. The Psalms are often regarded as a book of poetry, but also many of the Psalms were used as songs in worship services by generations before us. Now, we have them translated into English, so we don't receive the original uh, intent behind some of these psalms in terms of rhyme scheme and lyrics and those kinds of things. And yet, the psalm we're about to hear is still beautiful. So I invite you to hear this psalm with fresh ears as Bob reads it to us this morning. A reading from the 96th Psalm, verses 1 through 6. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless God's name. Share the news of God's saving work every single day. Declare God's glory among the nations. Declare God's wondrous works among all people, because the Lord is great and so worthy of praise. God is awesome and beyond all other gods, because all the gods of the nations are just idols. But it is the Lord who created heaven. Greatness and grandeur are in front of the Lord. Strength and beauty are in God's sanctuary. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please join me in an attitude of prayer. Holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. When's the last time you laughed? I mean, like a deep, hearty belly laugh. Do you remember it? Usually, honestly, it's easiest to laugh when we're surrounded by other people. However, I have to tell you that I chuckled out loud several times sitting by myself watching Singing in the Rain this past week. There are so many moments in the film that are simply intended to be funny, to bring a laugh, to bring a smile. There's this one moment where the sound gets off track during the movie, and so you've got one actor saying, no, 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 and yes, 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 and back and forth as the sound gets further and further off track, and I'm not really doing it justice. If you haven't seen the movie, uh, go ahead and, and make sure you do. There are other scenes as well. Cosmo Brown, uh, played by Donald O'Connor, at one point is making funny faces. Uh, his friend is being taught by a diction coach how to speak for the movies as they transition into talking, and uh, he's making all these faces, and suddenly that becomes a full-fledged dance number where they're tap dancing around this classroom, and they're using the curtains as togas, and they're, uh, they're making up this entire song to Moses supposes his toes are roses. It's complete nonsense, and yet it's just entertainment. It's 
brilliant, and it's meant just to delight, to bring a smile, to have viewers say, well, that was fun. I hope you had that experience while watching this movie if you got a chance to do so. Singing in the Rain is fundamentally an optimistic story. It was made in the early 1950s, 1952, in fact, which is an era that goes on to be defined by post-war positivity. The entire nation was transitioning from the difficult era of the 1940s and World War II into an era of collective cheer and optimism. And a lot of changes were going on in the country that helped make that transition possible. But I think the movie speaks to where the nation wanted to be at. And so we get songs like Good Morning. At the start of the song, the characters are talking about how it's 1.30 in the morning, we've talked for so long, and what they're talking about is how to fix their problem because uh, at that point, it seems like the main character, Don Lockwood's career, is about to basically implode, and this movie that they've released is going to crash and burn. And they look outside the window in the midst of their discussion, and it's raining, it's pouring. And Kathy Selden, Debbie Reynolds' character, looks out at the rain and says, what a lovely morning. And it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but it's also said with such energy that you get, the, you get the feeling that a little bit of rain is not enough to stop these characters or to bring them down. And now they launch into a song and a dance, but ironically it isn't until after they sing this incredibly cheery song that they finally figure out a solution to their problem. So they're singing this really happy song, good morning, good morning, good morning, in spite of the fact that uh, Don Lockwood's career is about to uh, go down the toilet. So you get this cheery song in spite of the problems that they're facing, and the song contains lyrics like, when we left the movie show, the future wasn't bright, but pain is gone, the show goes on, I don't want to say good night, so say good morning. It speaks to a hopeful attitude in spite of the circumstances that they find themselves in speaks to the entire energy of Singing in the Rain as a whole. And by the way, only in a musical is a downpour outside your window a natural segue into a tap dance number. And yet it happens twice in Singing in the Rain that rain leads to dancing and singing. There's really just such joy in this movie. And as we heard our scripture this morning, I get a bit of that musical kind of vibe from Psalm 96. Sing a new song to the Lord. All the earth, sing a song to your creator. I'm paraphrasing here. It's a psalm that I think is intended to be a little bit over the top. It's called, in fact, an enthronement psalm. It's one of a series of psalms that are written to focus on the greatness and the grandeur of God. So all of those psalms are a little bit over the top as they speak about praising God. Can you imagine what it would be like if the entire earth started singing? Trees, dogs, flowers, cows, birds. Definitely a musical. Psalm 96, definitely a musical. Surprisingly, though, there's actually quite a bit of singing in Scripture. And Psalm 96 alludes to several other instances in Scripture in which people sing. The opening line, sing a new song, would have reminded original readers or singers of the psalm of the book of Exodus, where Miriam and Moses 
spontaneously break into song after God has led everybody through the Red Sea and they should have died fleeing Egypt, but instead they've survived safe on the other side. They spontaneously break into song and that's recorded in Exodus. I don't know, maybe there was even a group dance number. Scripture doesn't say, so who are we to deny that it happened? I don't know, that's just a fun idea, but sing to the Lord a new song. Sing all the earth. Those are phrases that also appear in the book of Isaiah, chapter 43. Isaiah is a really long book and it was written over a great number of years. But what's important to know about chapter 43 is that most scholars believe it was written while the Hebrew people were in exile. They, in fact, had gotten kicked off of their land by an invader and they were living in a foreign place that was not their home. The Babylons had uh, driven them into exile. In other words, they're singing a new song in Isaiah, not because it was easy, because they were naturally happy, because they had a lot to be spontaneously cheerful about, but instead they were singing a new song in spite of what was going on around them. They were invited to sing a different kind of song in spite of their difficulties, in spite of their despair. It's powerful. When Gene Kelly starts singing in the midst of a downpour in the movie, arguably the most famous scene from the entire film, the other people on the street look at him like he's nuts. Because most of us, if we're walking in a downpour with as much rain as appeared to be coming down in the movie, we want to get through the rain as quickly as possible. We don't typically want to linger, at least not at night when it's dark and it's maybe cold. But there he is stomping around in the puddles laughing at clouds as he sings because his perspective is different than the one that other people are carrying in the movie. It speaks to the fact that it's possible to sing joyfully when the rain is falling down. It's possible, in fact, to carry sadness and joy within the same song. It's possible to sing a joyful song in spite of circumstances that may seem far from joyful. Many of you know that my grandmother, Barbara Crum, passed away in early December, December 1st, in fact. She was a woman of many songs. Much like a Hollywood musical, she would occasionally just burst out singing, seemingly apropos of nothing. And you wouldn't always know what was going on until afterwards, inevitably, there was a story that followed the song as to what made her think of it and how she came to be singing it and why that song had meaning to her personally, because there was a story about every single song. She had memories of her entire family and there were many siblings standing around a single piano and singing together, especially at the holidays, Christmas time, and they sang Christmas carols, they sang hymns, they sang all kinds of other songs, pop songs of the day. And one of the songs that she enjoyed singing, I didn't learn about until the last couple of years. And after my grandma's death, my my dad actually wrote a piece about this song on his online magazine, Read the Spirit. So I'm going to tell this story now in my own words, but I'm about to borrow heavily from my dad's writing of this song. So the song is called Brighten the Corner Where You Are, which was not one I was familiar with, but others, uh, others may be. It was originally written by a woman named Ina Dooley Ogden in 1913, 
although Ina typically doesn't get the credit for the song, she's not the one who made it famous. Ogden herself, though, at one point was fairly well known, and she toured and she taught and she preached, which was rare for a woman in those days. I kind of like her spunk and her grit that she must have had. But she gave everything up, the talking and the preaching and the teaching and um, being a public figure, because her father got into an automobile crash, and it was a rather devastating crash, and he needed someone to take care of him. He needed a full-time caregiver. And so Ina had originally wanted to be out in the world making seemingly a, a big difference for many people, traveling, meeting new people, sharing her faith. That was kind of her vision for her life. But she put everything on hold to take care of a person that she loved, her, her dad, which meant suddenly she was cooped up behind four walls in a place where her life seemingly became very small. Ina was a songwriter, so as she lived through the experience going from traveling and working in this busy, full-time schedule to becoming a caregiver at home, sort of a slower pace of life, she wrote about it. She wrote about the process. So here are some of the lyrics to Ogden's song, Brighten the Corner Where You Are. She writes, Do not wait until some deed of greatness you may do. Do not wait to shed your light afar. To the many duties ever, ever near you now be true. Brighten the corner where you are. Here for all your talent you may surely find a need. Here reflect the bright and morning star. Even from your humble hand the bread of life may feed. Brighten the corner where you are. It speaks to a desire to sing out in spite of difficulties and to sing and do what we can with what we have where we are. Not to wait until we have X, Y, Z. Not to wait until we feel a certain way, but to sing and to offer cheer and to do what we can now in whatever capacity we have before us. In Psalm 96, the psalmist invites the entire earth to sing, and it feels like a very grand proposition until we realize that unlike a Hollywood movie, we don't have a bird's eye view where we see everything that's happening all at once, like Zigfield Folly style. We don't get to see the whole picture. Our view is much more like a close-up, much more like Ogden writing from her home while taking care of her father. We may only be able to see a tiny fraction of the creation immediately around us. And so we're invited to sing what we can, where we can, trusting that other people across the world are raising up their voices too. And that if our voice falters a little bit, because we all have moments when our voices falter a little bit, somebody else beside us is singing out loudly to carry the song forward, to carry the melody. For many of us, the world as we know it does seem a little bit smaller these days. Many of us are cooped up at home. We can't do some of the things we normally would, traveling, visiting family or friends. Uh, I mean, even just going to a restaurant isn't as easy as it used to be, although some of the rules are shifting as we move into February. But for those of you who have been or are now full-time caregivers, you know, like Ogden did, 
the world can feel small even without a pandemic as you care for a partner, a parent, a child, somebody else in your life. Ogden experienced caring for her father a struggle to find meaning after her life became confined to home. And honestly, my grandma had a similar reaction as one being cared for in a facility for the last few years of her life. She wondered, okay, what do I do now? What does God have for me to do now that I can't get around? I'm in a wheelchair. I, can, I can't do what I used to do. What now? And like the Israelites generations before, my grandma's question, Ogden's question became, how can we sing the Lord's song in this kind of foreign land, in this new situation, in this new reality that we find ourselves in? Part of the answer can be found in Ogden's song, Brighten the Corner Where You Are, and another part in Gene Kelly's song, Singing in the Rain. Ina Ogden invites us all to song in whatever little corner we may find ourselves, trusting that no matter how small our environment feels, no matter how uh, weak our voice may seem, we can brighten life for someone else. And you know what? That is valid. To bring joy and cheer and hope to one other person matters. We can share hope and we can share love, whatever environment we find ourselves in no matter how limited our resources, how limited our capacity. Gene Kelly, meanwhile, invites us to sing even when it's downpouring around us. The rain certainly affects what type of song we may choose to sing, but it can't stop us from belting out a melody. There's always some kind of song to be sung, whatever our situation, whatever we're feeling, whatever corner we find ourselves in. And even if it's a song that starts from the perspective of a darkened corner or a downpour, downpour, there's beauty in it. Songs in a minor key are just as beautiful and valid as songs written in a major key. They sound different, but they're both conveying a truth. God can work through either one of them. Singing in the Rain was made less than a decade after World War II. And I hesitate to compare World War II to anything that we're living through now because there is no comparison to the 1940s. But in that era after the war, like us now living through a pandemic, people had been through a lot recently. And you know what? They needed something to brighten their lives, to cheer them up, to bring a smile to their face. On one of our Zoom discussions this past week, one of the participants shared about a scary experience that she'd had earlier in the day. And I'm not going to get into the details. It's not really my story to share. But she ended by saying something, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, something to the effect of, it was really nice to end the day by watching a lighthearted movie with the church after the kind of day that I'd had. I want you to think about Psalm 96 again for just a moment. I think that's a cheerful image as well. I think Psalm 96 in part is intended to bring a smile to our faces. All the world singing. So I'm a parent of a toddler, as some of you know, many of you know. And many books that are written for babies and for toddlers, they invite readers to imagine some pretty strange situations. Things even stranger than the whole world breaking out into song. 
there's a lot of just fun, silly books for toddlers. So my daughter has a book about a Yeti eating spaghetti. It's just silly. Can you imagine a Yeti eating spaghetti? Well, I mean, you can't even imagine a Yeti, so uh, start with that. And then she's got another book about the dog, a dog, learning the alphabet. So when you're invited to use your imagination in that way, just silly things that could never happen, uh, well, I don't know, dogs are pretty smart. I don't want to um, discount dogs, right? But when you're invited to use your imagination in such a fantastical way, it's not that much farther of a leap to imagine that trees or mountains or rivers are praising God the way other psalms suggest. And it doesn't even have to be literal. They don't have to use their voices. So I think this psalm is entirely possible. But to imagine for just a moment, every person on earth breaking out into a choreographed dance Hollywood, st Hollywood style. Doesn't that bring a little smile to your face if suddenly we're all watching TV and you see a shot of everybody in their different living rooms or kitchens or wherever you are standing up from their seats and doing a little twirl and m moving into a tap dance number? Can you imagine it? Can you imagine it? I hope it brings you a little bit of joy to think about different members of staff, different leaders in the church, different people you may not even know, breaking into song and dance because we're so joyful. We're so happy at what God has done. I don't know what kind of song reflects the state of your soul this morning. Maybe it is a song of joy and you're ready to get up and dance. Maybe it is a slower paced song because you're feeling the weight of some of the losses that we've experienced as a congregation in the last couple of weeks. I don't know if the song that reflects the state of your spirit is a show tune or it's a ballad or it's maybe more of a dirge, a Sousa march. But today I'd invite you to sing that song out loud. I'd invite you to raise your voice wherever you're at, whatever song is speaking to you, put in a CD, turn on Spotify, talk to your Alexa, whatever it is. Spend some time in music this week because the music is going to touch your soul and the music is going to help us all connect to our creator because the psalm reminds us all the earth sings out and we're part of that. I invite you to raise your voice with the rest of the world as the psalm suggests and if Singing at the top of your lungs brings a little bit of a smile to your face, makes you laugh at yourself. That's all the better. If you find that by the end of your song you're weeping, that's okay. God can work with that. God's with us in that. Whether we're singing in our car, singing in the shower, singing as we walk outside in the rain, I trust that God is with us in all of it. This week, may we spend some time with music. May we brighten a corner for somebody else. May we feel emboldened to sing in the rain. And whether we're singing a happy song or singing a lament, may we sing loudly, knowing that music is a gift from God. Music soothes the soul. And we're part of a cosmic song together, singing praises to our Creator. May it be so. Amen. You've been listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, 
visit us at clarkstonumc.org.